Well, hello, everybody. So excited to be able to share the Word of God with you all on this fine December day. Yes, we are in December, and that means it's time to talk about Christmas. Hey! So, when did you set up your tree? November people? October people? All those crazy people that set it up in September? I don't know when you set up your tree, but we set ours up at the beginning of November. We've had it up. It's really nice. Uh, because I love Christmas. I love Christmas season. My wife, Melissa, she loves the Christmas season. And so this whole year, we've been talking about the theme of closer, closer to God. And every month we've done a theme based on that closer theme. <laughs> Am I making sense? Yeah. So the past few months we've had like closer to praise, closer to eternity, closer to honor. And so this month's theme is a little bit of a twist. Rather than we came close to God, this month's theme is God came close to us. And this really encapsulates the entire Christmas message. The entire message of the gospel, for that matter, is summed up that God came close to us. So today's message I've called Christmas, God's Master Plan. This is God's entire reason for having the Bible, <laughs> for doing all the things that he did, for having the promises that he hid, that he did. And we're going to talk about some of those incredible promises and how they came to fruition in the Christmas story. But you know, I just, I love Christmas time. It's such a great time of family, of celebration, of good food, of, at least in Japan, in Tokyo, we have amazing illuminations all around the city. It's just such a great time. And uh, I, I'm Australian. I grew up in Australia to the age of nine. And in Australia, Christmas is actually summertime. I know, it's weird for us to think about here in the Northern Hemisphere, but for us Southern, Southern Hemisphere folks, uh, we have Christmas in summertime. And so we have Christmas and then we have the beach. <laughs> awesome. And so in Australia, we'd normally celebrate Christmas lunch. And so I remember Christmas Day. It would be Christmas Day and we'd be there and with the cousins at my grandma's house. And we would all wake up super early in the morning and we'd all run to the Christmas tree. And there'd be just like this mountain of Christmas presents under the Christmas tree. And we would all be like fighting each other, trying to find our Christmas present, opening someone else's present, and then them getting mad because I opened their present. And it was always just a big commotion and a whole lot of fun and joy. And so when the parents finally got out of bed, uh, they would come up and they would see us playing with the presents and they'd be full of joy and we'd be full of joy. And then we would have Christmas cake or Christmas lunch. And it would be so great. And so throughout the years, our family, at least, has always kept a great tradition of making sure that Christmas is a time of family, a time of gathering together, a time of giving thanks for everything that we have, a time to give and to receive. It's a great, beautiful time of blessing one another. And it all started, and I know you're thinking I'm going to say when Jesus was born, but actually, it all started Hundreds of years before that, six, seven hundred years before Jesus was actually born, we see the seeds of the Christmas story being planted by the master planter, the master storyteller, God. He is the one that makes this incredible story come together. And so the seeds are planted and we have a couple of scriptures in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we and will call him Emmanuel. I love this word, Emmanuel. This means God with us. Right? The theme that we're talking about. God close to us. Because no matter what we do on our human strength, on our human power, we cannot earn a spot in heaven. We cannot buy our way into eternity. We are helpless in our own human helplessness. Therefore, God set in motion a master plan to restore us, to bring us back into relationship with Him. And it starts by the promise, the prophecy of sending Emmanuel. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amazing, beautiful names. And we know now that every one of these names is a name for Jesus. Amen. Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are all names for Jesus. These are all names for God. And so six, seven hundred years before Jesus was even born, God was planting the seeds for His incredible plan of what He was about to do. And the Israelites, for these hundreds of years, knew these scriptures. They knew the story. They had heard of the promise and they were looking forward to it. They were waiting for the day where the Savior, where Emmanuel would come and free them. And a lot of the time uh, during these hundreds of years, the Israelites themselves, they were in captivity, they were in slavery, they were in other nations, and uh, they were looking forward to a day where they would be free, where they could celebrate as free people, where they would be rescued. And so for them, there was a bit of a concept of a physical rescuing from their current hard situation that they were in. But as we see the story, Jesus didn't come in the way that people were expecting him to come. And it's a beautiful story. And it starts with this couple named Mary and Joseph. Now, in the next few weeks of our God Came Close to Us series, we're going to talk more in depth about the story of Mary and the story of Joseph. But for us today, let me just kind of paraphrase what really happens. We have Mary and Joseph, they're quite young and they are, you know, betrothed to each other. They have big plans to get married and their families, because a marriage back in then was more than just a person and person coming together. It was a combination of families, a combination of traditions that these two families would hold. It was a big, big deal. And in that day, every young Jewish girl had a thought, had a, a dream, a secret desire to be the one that was prophesied. I, I reckon every Jewish girl would have grown up thinking, could I be the one? Before they got married, they would think, maybe, maybe I'll be the one that, that God will fulfill His promise through. Maybe it will be me. For hundreds of years, I feel like girls in this culture, they would have had some sort of... Uh, wonder about, could this be me? Could this be my story? And in fact, God chooses Mary. We'll talk about that next week. But the story of Mary is that she's just a normal girl. She's a good girl. She's a girl that loves the Lord. And God chooses her. 
and God chooses by extension also Joseph. And God appears uh, through visions and angel encounters to both Mary and Joseph separately, saying, you are favored, that God has chosen you, that God is going to use you to bring joy to the world, to bring the greatest gift, the greatest blessing that the world has ever known. And that comes in the humble form of Jesus. Jesus was the gift. And so, that's the first thing I want to say, that although Jesus was king, he chose to come in a humble beginning because Jesus is God. He could have come to this earth in any way, in any form, and to any human that he wanted. If he wanted to be born to a princess in a palace of the richest person in the world, he could have done that. He had the power to to choose where he was born. All of us, regular humans, We don't have the power or the ability to choose in what family and in what way and in what country and in what town that we are born into. But God is different. And Jesus specifically chose, God chose these people, Mary and Joseph. He chose for them to be born, for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. And that also goes back to other prophecies talking about the line of David being born in the city of Bethlehem. And both these people, Mary and Joseph, they came from the line of David. There's so many details that I can't jump into today. Otherwise, this message will be too long. But there's so many details into this story that it proves that God is a mastermind. He has a master plan. He knows everything and he's chosen everything deliberately and with care, with purpose into every detail. I think that should be encouraging for us as well for our stories, for our lives, that every detail, everything that's happened, all the parts that have made us who we are, the experiences and the the people, God has put all these pieces together. He is a master planist. Is that a word? A master planist? Nope, not a word. Made it up. It's going to work. Let's read Luke 2 verse 7. (laughs) talks about Mary. It says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Even this, this detail was handpicked, handcrafted by God to be a part of the story that Jesus would not only be born to a humble couple, a humble young couple that probably wasn't that rich, wasn't that well off. Not only that, but you're not going to be born in a hospital, Jesus. You're not going to be born in an inn, in a hotel. You, in fact, will be born in a manger. (laughs) This is God's master story. It doesn't make sense. And yet it's still all the more beautiful in the way that Jesus came in the humblest of humblest of humblest forms. That is how God wanted to write the story. That is how God wanted to show his love for us. That is how God wanted to come to this earth. He came humbly in the form of Jesus being born in a manger surrounded by animals. It's a pretty amazing story. And it just shows that God doesn't see anyone or anything above anyone else. God treats all of us equal. He loves all of us equally. And therefore, He came in the humblest of forms so that we could all have the chance rich or poor, uh, wherever you live in the world, whatever country, whatever city you live, whatever background we have, Jesus came in the humblest of forms 
so that we might all have the opportunity to know the gospel, to know Jesus, that he came to this earth for us. And that's the second thing is that the celebration wasn't just for Mary and Joseph. No, no, there were other characters that God wanted to add to this canvas that he's painting. You see, out in the field, there were some shepherds. And shepherds, as you might imagine, might not be the, the richest people in the world. They might not be standing at the top of the social ladder. These guys were regular average guys. They might even, you could even say they were below average. And these guys were out in the fields, tending the flocks, minding their own business, and then boom, angels fill the sky. And then they have an encounter. Uh, because I would be pretty scared too if that happened. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, it says, The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that, there, that will bring great joy to all people. Not some people, not the elite people, not the rich people to all people like the shepherds. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. When the shepherds hear this, they are filled with joy and they run into town and they start bumping into everybody and telling everybody, the Savior's been born. The Savior's been born. And they run to where the star is above the, the manger and they find Jesus. And they come in and they humbly come. And Mary and Joseph are there and they're smiling. And the little sheepy and the little cow, they're all smiling as well. <laughs> and the shepherds come in and they're just happy to be there. You know, they're just happy to be a part of the story. And God wanted them to be a part of the story. There's also some other characters that joined in the celebration as well. There were some we call them the wise men of the east. Some other translators say kings of the east. So these people, unlike the shepherds, were at the top of the social ladder. These guys were wealthy men. These guys did have some, I guess, level of fame, some level of reputation, some level of position. These dudes uh, were what we would think of as, you know, people that are successful in this world. And these people were not from the Jewish background. You see, the shepherds, yeah, they were probably part of that same Jewish background, the same people group. These people, although they were socially higher in standing, they were from a different people group. And the gospel is for all people groups. The gospel is for all people. And it talks about that in Matthew 2, 9 to 11. It says, after this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened, their, they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So these men, they did have something to offer in terms of a material gift, a material blessing. But I think these guys walked away more blessed than Mary and Joseph because they had witnessed something beautiful. They had witnessed God on earth. That Jesus, They witnessed the moment that God came close to humanity and they saw that it was this little baby, this humble, small child. It humbled them. It touched them. They were filled with joy. They bowed down 
and worshipped him. They were probably used to people, to some degree, worshipping them. They were supposed to be the ones that made it, the, the, the top of the ladder, the top of the food chain. And they come to a small town of Bethlehem in a different country, different nation. They come to a barn full of animals. They see some scrappy shepherds and a young Mary and Joseph and a small baby. And the first thing they do is they bow to the king of kings. It's a beautiful story. God's detail in all of this, God's master plan is so amazing. It's so great. I love it so much. I love the Christmas story so much because every detail is thought of. Every part is planned. The gospel is for all people, all countries, all backgrounds, all social standings. This is why Jesus came in this humble beginning that he did. So that the gospel, the good news, the joy may be spread to every single person on earth. This is how it starts with Jesus being born. And the beautiful thing about Jesus' story is that when he grew up, he went to the cross for you and me. Because there's one great thing that Jesus came, that God came close to us, that we got to see Emmanuel. But it was another thing for us then to actually be able to be close to God. You see, Jesus did that through the cross. The reason that we needed Jesus, we needed a Savior, is because we have a problem called sin. And this problem called sin separates us because it makes us imperfect. And God is perfect. And because we have this imperfection, what is imperfect cannot mix with what is perfect. Therefore, we were separated from God. We were separated from the presence of God, from knowing God. And God wanted to fix that. He wanted to change that. This was his master plan, that he sent Jesus for all people. But he didn't just send them. There was a mission. There was a reason why Jesus was sent. And that was so that we could have a relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. You see, Jesus lived the perfect life, 100% man, 100% God. And he died a terrible death. He died as an innocent man. And he died for us. He says, Jesus says, no one takes my life. I give it freely. See, that was Jesus' mission. That's why he was born on Christmas time, so that he could come to give us his life so that we might find out, amen? That we might know Jesus, that we might know God. And Jesus rose again three days later. He is not a dead God. He is not a dead man. He is the risen Savior. He is the risen Emmanuel. <laughs> and when we accept Jesus into our lives, we can be reconciled with God. We can know God. We can have a relationship with God. And we can walk in freedom. We can walk in joy. We can walk in His love. Let me just read a couple last scriptures as I wrap it up today. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God sent Jesus to this earth. While we were still sinners, Jesus was born. While we were still sinners, Christmas was created. You see, we didn't do anything to earn a place in heaven. We didn't do anything to earn or buy our relationship with God. This is part of God's master plan. He knew that. He knew that we were helpless. And so he sent help. <laughs> John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone, like the shepherds 
like the rich men, like the guys that were poor, like the guys from a different nation altogether. For he gave his son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the good news that we have, guys. This is why we celebrate Christmas. And this is why I believe we have a culture of giving gifts to one another. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, why do we give gifts at Christmas time? Is it just like a cool thing to do? Why don't we do that at Easter? Right? <laughs> why don't we do that at Golden Week for us in Japan? No, no, Christmas is centered around gifts because God gave us the greatest gift the world has ever known. Jesus, eternal life, salvation in Him. The beautiful gift, the beautiful master plan that God has created. I'm really excited for this series, guys. We're going to talk more about the story of Mary next week. We're going to talk more about the story of Joseph the week after that. And then the week after that is Christmas Sunday. Come on. And so I want to encourage anybody, if you're close by to a church location, a campus nearby you, even if it's not that close, why not make an effort for that Christmas Sunday to be with family? Amen. This story is a story about family. And God wants us to be part of His family. He invited the shepherds, He invited the wise men, and He's inviting you to come to His family as well, to be part of the celebration, to be part of the joy in celebrating Christmas and celebrating Jesus and what He's done for us together. So this Christmas, can I pray for you all together that we would be blessed and that God would do an incredible work in our lives during this Christmas time? Why don't we raise our hands? God, I thank you for this season, for Christmas time, this beautiful, beautiful season. I thank you, God, that you are a master creator, that you have incredible plans. And throughout history, you've been planting seeds. You've been sowing the, the seams for this incredible painting, this incredible image, this incredible story. And God, I thank you even now, 2,023 years later from Jesus' birth and death, that we are still being joined into that incredible story, even now. God, I pray that during this Christmas season, God, that we would enjoy Christmas. We would celebrate Christmas. We would experience your joy. We would experience your love. And I pray as well, God, that we would invite that we would make Christmas not just about ourselves, but about others, God. That we would tell others about the good news. That we would invite them to celebrate, to be part of family with us, to celebrate with us, God. I pray that you would put that in our heart, a burden to see other people join the family of God. We just give you thanks. We give you praise for the incredible gift of Jesus that you gave us, that you came close to us. We praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And lastly, I do want to pray for anyone who maybe doesn't yet know Jesus. You've never made a decision to believe in Jesus yet. Or you used to believe in Jesus and you, you've kind of fallen away over time. I want to pray for you that you might realize a new relationship with God today. And like I said, all you need to know is that God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He rose again. And when we accept Jesus, He takes away all of our sin. He takes away all of those things from the past and He fills us with joy. This season, my prayer for you is that you would experience God and be filled with joy. So if you want to accept Jesus, the greatest gift ever, on the count of three, I'm going to say now. And when I say now, I'm going to ask you to either raise your hand or make that decision in your heart. Are you ready? Three, 
two, one, now. If you want to make that decision, why don't you do that now? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, can I pray for you guys that made that decision? Let's pray. God, I thank you for these amazing people that today, God, that, that they are included into your story, into your family. And God, I pray that you would come into their life in a powerful way, wipe away the, the mistakes, the sins of the past, God. And I pray you fill them with joy, fill them with your love, fill them with the warmth that they can't describe. God, I pray that you would touch them this Christmas season and fill them with excitement for what a life with you would look like. I pray you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, fantastic, guys. I really pray that you have an incredible Christmas season. I'm looking forward to celebrating it together with you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye.